So this morning I am reading from Exodus. It's on page 60 in your Pew Bibles. It is chapter 4, verse 1 to 5, and then we will move over to verse 18 to 20. Signs for Moses. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Then Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Let me return to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. Jethro said, Go, and I wish you well. Now the Lord had said to Moses in Midian, Go back to Egypt, for all those who wanted to kill you are dead. So Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey, and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hand. This is the word of the Lord. Father, as we <coughs> look at those verses of scripture in a short moment, we pray that you would teach us whether we're in our 90s or whether in our first year that you would teach us an important truth from this scripture in Jesus' name. Amen. Many of the young people, <coughs> the little ones who are here this morning, and we have, have a few of them, you probably, some of you probably didn't know that before I went into ministry of this kind, I was a farmer. And I used to keep, used to keep cows. But I have with me this morning, now I don't want anybody shouting out, like, this, is for, this is for if you're 10 or below. I want you to tell me what this is. Does anybody know what this is? 10 or below? Yeah, do you know what it is? It's a what? Yeah, very good. A shepherd's, a shepherd's stick. Give that man a round of applause. It's a shepherd's stick, and the reason for the crook on the end of the, of, of the stick, well, it was partly that you could lean on it like this, but it was more so because if the sheep got stuck in bushes, you could grab them around, and now this sounds terribly cruel, so don't get on to me about being cruel. It's better to get the sheep out of the bush than leave them in the bush. You would grab them around his neck and pull them out. 
And then if he wasn't behaving himself, like if some of you weren't behaving yourselves this morning, I would just give you a bit of a, a, bit of a prod with the stick to get you moving. But sheep in those days, and sheep even now, they will follow the voice of their shepherd. When I kept cows, the cows would follow me if they thought they were going to get some new pasture. Now I wonder, do I have any volunteers this morning? Do I have volunteers that would be sheep that would follow me? Can't you put down your pencils for a minute and follow me, would you? Because I'm going to lead you to green pasture. Will you follow me? Here's one. Ali's going to take up the rear. Mum and Dad, if you want to come with them, anybody who wants to come can come with me. And you're going to follow the shepherd, okay? You're going to follow the shepherd. Anybody can join in. You don't have to be this age. You can, anybody can join in. So the sheep would follow the shepherd. Eddie, do you want to join us this morning? No? You can follow the shepherd. So are they following? Yeah, oh, but they're following very fast. I better move a bit faster. Okay, keep following the shepherd. We're going to find pasture. Can you hold this? Where are we going? We're going to find pasture. You just keep following me. Okay. Okay, are you still following? Did many people follow? Some are following. Okay. We're going to We're going to see We're going to see if we can find pasture. Where's everybody? Where's everybody else? Everybody's following. Okay. Great. Now, see, very few people, very few people followed, but we're going to find pasture here. You see the pasture, pasture we're going to find? This is the pasture. You can take one each and bring it back to mommy and make sure that it's okay for you to eat. Don't, don't go back to mommy just yet, or daddy. You like strawberry? Just, just hold on a minute. What? No, I don't think so. Just when you ask mommy when you go in. You like that, Ali? Ali, you just and, and you just take you just take one as well. You take one as well, Maureen. Okay, now you're to follow me the rest of the way. Hold on, hold on, hold it, hold it. Now you're going to follow the shepherd. Now, okay, you're following. Now we're back. I didn't lose any of your kids in the way, don't worry. Now, little ones, just hold up and show the people what, because I told anybody could follow, just, just wave it in the air. I said anybody could follow, but some sheep are very stubborn and they don't follow. It's only these ones that were obedient and they followed the shepherd, so there you are. But in the story that Linda read for us this morning, God had been speaking to Moses in chapter 3. He had been speaking to Moses that he wanted to go and speak to Pharaoh. Look at verse, if you have your Bibles open at page 60 in, in chapter 3 and verse uh, 11 or verse 10. I am sending you to Pharaoh. Imagine Moses who is a shepherd looking after sheep. He's looking after his father-in-law's sheep and he's told to go to Pharaoh and speak to him. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? See, God wanted to bring his people, the Israelites, out of slavery 
in Egypt. And Moses didn't want to do it. And isn't that often the way with us when God is asking us to do something, we, we don't want to do it. And then Moses is kind of refusing. And then in chapter 4 that Linda read for us, Moses encounters God again. And he says, what have you got in your hand? He had the staff or the rod of Moses in his hand. He says, throw it on the ground. So Moses throws it on the ground. And he says, pick it up. And he picks it up. And he picks up this staff and it turns into a snake. And he says, pick it by the tail. Now, just so you know, I have a phobia about snakes. That's why I didn't ask somebody to come in with a real one this morning. But you do not pick a tail. I lived in Uganda for three years. There's one thing, and I saw many snakes, but you do not pick a snake up by the tail. Why? Because he'll just go, Ooh, and that'll be the end of you if it's a poisonous snake. So he picked it up by the tail, and then he says, throw it back on the ground. He throws it back on the ground, and it turns back into a staff. Now, if you read verse 20 of chapter 4, can you tell me the difference between verse 20 and verse 3 or verse 2? What's the difference between verse 2 and verse 20? Anybody see the difference? You can, you can shout it out if you're old or young or in between. Yeah. In verse 20 we read, it's now God's staff in the hand of Moses. No longer Moses' staff, it is God's staff in Moses' hand. And we read in, we read in various other passages in uh, <clears throat> Exodus 14, when the Israelites have been freed from Pharaoh and they approach the Red Sea and the, the, the Egyptians are coming behind them, Moses holds out his staff over the Red Sea and the waters part and the Israelites pass over on dry ground. And then he holds back the staff when the Egyptians are coming and the seas come back in on top of them. You also read about in uh, Exodus 17, he strikes the rock at Horeb and water gushes out of the rock. He holds up the staff in his hands and as he holds up his hands in verse 17, he, they're winning the battle and if he lowers his hands, they're losing the battle and uh, he has the staff of God in his hands when they're fighting the Amalekites. The point is this. God is asking each one of us this morning, what are you holding in your hand? A very simple question. What are you holding in your hand? And God is asking whatever it is you're holding in your hand to throw it on the ground and then he will ask you to pick it up again. The trouble is if we keep holding tightly onto something in our hand, it'll turn into a snake in our hand and that's what God was trying to teach Moses. So you could be holding your family in your hand. Very good thing to hold in your hand. 
but lay it at the feet of Jesus and he will ask you to pick it up again, your family. And it'll be your family in his hands and it'll be a huge difference. Maybe, maybe it's your job. Maybe you're holding on so tightly to your job you're afraid to let it go and it's becoming a snake in your hand. Ruth and I were meeting with a with somebody quite recently and if they're not careful their job will become a snake in their hand unless they lay it at the Lord's feet and I believe if they lay it at the Lord's feet he'll ask them to pick it up again and it'll be a mighty business. Maybe it's your hobby. I was shocked this week I think it was this week that People, some people, because of loneliness, they're spending six and a half hours. This is the average. This is not one person. This is the average. Spend six and a half hours on social media every day. I, I can't get my head around that. Six and a half hours is a lot of time in one day. So what is in your hands? Is it a hobby? There's nothing wrong with having a hobby. But if you hold on to it so tightly, it can become a snake. Be careful of social media, be careful of your hobbies that doesn't become a snake in your hand. Maybe, maybe it's a study choice or a career choice. Maybe you're at school and you've just done the leaving. You're not quite sure what to do next. Don't hold it too tightly what's in your hand. Lay it at the feet of Jesus. And he could go a totally different direction with you. Totally different direction. And you know what? Maybe it's ministry that you're holding in your hand. Maybe you have a ministry within this church, maybe outside this church, and you're holding on to it too tightly. If you hold on to that ministry too tightly, it'll become a snake. And it'll strike up and bite you. Let me give you an example. In 1991, so in about 1990, I was at a conference in Coleraine University. And the speaker was speaking on a passage similar to this and um, I was training for ministry at the time And this speaker, Charles Price, saying, what have you got in your hand? Is it your ministry? And I was kind of pleased because I was training for ministry that I had ministry in my hand. And then he said, are you prepared to go anywhere for the Lord? This is to the whole congregation, not just to me, but it seemed like I was the only person in the room. I was prepared to go anywhere in Ireland. I wasn't prepared to go anywhere else in the world. I was a home bird. And that was fine. I thought no more of it. I surrendered. <clears throat> that day he called people forward, which I'm not very good at going forward. Called people forward if they wanted to lay everything down at the foot of the cross, give it to Jesus, and he would let you take, pick it up again. And so my ministry became, it was God's ministry, not mine. I'm, I can only do what God enables me to do.
And we went and uh, served my curacy in Northern Ireland. And during that time, God called us, Ruth and myself, to Uganda. But you see, three years before that, God was already preparing. He knew what was ahead. I didn't. But I knew I had to go when God called me. And friends, maybe God is calling you to do something. It may be full-time. It may be just part-time. It may be helping at the Ukrainian family camp. It may be helping in the youth ministry or the children's ministry. It could be helping to sing or lead worship. It could be anything. Surrender it to Jesus. Lay it at his feet. And he'll allow you to pick it up again. See, Moses was the, sh- was the shepherd of the people of Israel as he led them out of slavery towards the promised land. But you know, the exciting thing is this, that Jesus is our shepherd. He says in John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. He has laid down his life for each one of us. So therefore, whatever we are holding, we need to lay down to him at the foot of the cross. Also John 10, 10. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life. Life in all its fullness. And friends, I can only speak from my own personal experience. Every time I felt God calling me to lay down whatever it was in my hand. At one stage he asked me in 2010 to lay down fields of life, which is very precious to me to lay it down and let somebody else run it. And it was the biggest blessing. It was hard at the time, but when I see what the guys and girls have done uh, to bring that organization forward, it's blown me away. And when God tells me it's time to lay down the staff here at Crink and I will lay it down for somebody else to take it up. Friends, what is it you're holding too tightly in your hand this morning? It may be that you need to let it go, whether you're young, whether you're old, or somewhere in between. Lay it down at Jesus' feet, because we also read in Psalm 23 that the Lord will guide us continually. He will be with us through the dark paths. He'll be with us in the mountaintops, and he'll be with us in the valleys. And we need to trust him Yes, it is scary sometimes laying down whatever it is at his feet. It is scary. But he is with us. He is our shepherd. He knows us and calls us by name. If you read all of that chapter 10, he knows us, he owns us, he cares for us. And he will be with us all the way. We just need to trust him. Let's stand as we sing about that in our next song.